0: Hello everyone, this is Dimitris Papalexis uh, from the podcast series ABCD on the Go, asset-based community development, inspiring stories from the community, uh, interviews with guest speakers and more. Um, I'm really happy to welcome you to another podcast episode today. Um, I'm interviewing my good friend and colleague uh, Zizi Charida from Community Minds, uh, based in uh, South uh, Southwest Sydney and um, you are all in for a treat. Zizi is very passionate about community development. uh, She's doing some amazing work um, working towards a more empowered community through community-minded businesses, through through programs for schools like the community-minded kids and more. uh, She has a broad uh, experience and uh, a lot of wisdom I guess when it comes to um, what will flip the script in our current system and uh, what will change the dynamic, the power dynamic and challenge the, qua- the status quo. I believe uh, now it's a great moment to have these conversations to, for us all uh, community enthusiasts that uh, we are passionate about social impact and a more democratic creative connected compassionate world to come together and to share to share knowledge to share experiences and to celebrate um, celebrate what we can do together in the future and um, this is part of um, the vision of this podcast series and um, uh, you're all invited you're all part of that we're all on this together as Zizi will mention this is a journey of solidarity And we can't do it alone. So I welcome you all for this podcast episode, interviewing Zizi Tsarida from Community Minds. As I said, you're in for a treat. Fasten your seatbelt and let's go. Really excited to have uh, Zizi Tsarida today um, for another podcast episode of uh, the series ABCD on the go. Um, I used to work in uh, Fairfield a couple of years ago and three different people uh, told me to invite Zizi and talk to her because uh, they told me she's so passionate about ABCD uh, and since I met her, yeah, I was impressed with the work that she's doing in Community Minds and um, and uh, I'm really excited to, to welcome Zizi in our podcast today. Hi, Zizi.
1: Hi, Divi. How are you? I'm
0: good. How are you?
1: Great, thanks for that lovely introduction.
0: No worries. Thanks for finding time to join me today for an interview.
1: Sure.
0: Um, so I'll, I'll just start by asking you to talk to us a bit, for those who, who don't know you, um, to talk to us a bit about yourself and the work that you do with Community Minds.
1: Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, so Community Minds um, is a community development um, organisation based in southwest Sydney. We're five years old and um, I guess the name itself, Community Minds, kind of implies two things or covers two things. One is is that the community will mind what it cares about and also is connected to actually having a community mind or being community minded, so having thoughts and perceptions um, that serve serve our community and that go above self-interest um i guess that's kind of in a nutshell um dimmy and we are not necessarily wanting to provide another service in the community we really kind of want to challenge mindsets and shift perspectives around not only people's perception of community but their actual role and um, place in community and that they're actually powerful and um
0: yeah, I think uh, when you mentioned about not providing another service, I think this is very important to elaborate because it's one of the basic principles of ABCD. Like it's not another program. It's not about service delivery. It's community led or youth led.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so can you elaborate a bit on that? How community minds are uh, doing this type of work is different than a traditional service delivery that designs programs and uh, address needs in the community?
1: Sure. For us we wanted to look at um, so we're not we're not direct service in the sense you know like most community services set up where someone has a perceived you know need or um, they're wanting something um, you know they want to fix something or they need help in a particular area not taken away from services that actually do help people but for us uh, we saw a bit of a gap in the sense that um, there was this high dependence on on services to solve problems and I think that when you have that kind of dynamic in a community doesn't really change the status quo so it doesn't actually get people uh, really feeling like they have the efficacy and confidence to have some sort of control and power not only over their lives but how they actually see their community and what their um, what their involvement would look like in that in that community so for us, it was looking to create initiatives that engage people and different people, for that matter, um, in a not only in conversation, but hey, like doing community, but actually giving people the skills or ideas, or or knowledge, for that matter, that open their eyes to the possibility that they actually can do something of substance in their community. And an example of that, Demi, would be, um, you know, our engagement with businesses and getting, you know, getting them thinking in a more community-minded way because at the end of the day, we live in a world where trade and transactions um, occur. And if we can set it up in a way where, you know, that trade or that transaction can benefit other people, then that'd be fantastic or benefit communities for that matter. So we're looking at kind of um, involving people that are not normally involved in discussions around community building and having them kind of, I guess, um, supporting them in becoming more community-minded. So that's something that we're very passionate about, um, you know, at, at community minds. And that's just one example. Um, we're also... Trying to engage meaningfully, meaningfully engage um, kids, teachers, parents—you um, know—as many people as possible—in providing some inspiration and ideas of what, what, and how they can actually, you know, contribute to their to their communities. Because we find, I guess, there's some limiting views in what people can do, and we often hear oh, you know, we really want to help people, we really want to help the community, um, we just don't know how. So the how is really important, and I think that's, that's where we can add value.
0: And um, I really like what you're saying, and I want to touch on a point that I think is very important, and I know that you have expertise on that uh, matter. Um, I feel like uh, we're talking about mindset and how do we stop seeing oh. uh, people as a disadvantage many times or vulnerable, so changing the narrative and believing in yeah. their, in their uh, contribution, in their assets, in their ability uh, to co-create a better society. So I believe that this is one of mm. the values, right, of community minds. And you talk about mm. language and, and, discuss, and discourse and power. What do you think, Zizi?
1: Yeah, no, look, absolutely. I, I think um, one thing, um, I, again, this is, again, part of that sort of Gap we identified um, in the in the community space, and that is two things here, um, uh, Dimi. One definitely is perception. So um, the way we perceive communities, um, the way we perceive ourselves in community, for that matter, um, is going to to determine what um, what we actually create in our communities. So if I don't see myself as someone that um, has any power or has any Mm -hmm. value then I'm not going to, that won't be translated into positive action in my community. If I perceive other people as being a certain way and we smack negative labels on them, then more than likely, um, you know, we're not going to be able to um, create this kind of community where we're building principles of solidarity. Um, so that this, this us and them kind of is kind of counterintuitive when it comes to Community building. I think with perceptions, that definitely comes down to, you know, our own psychology and mm-hmm. why we see things a, a, a certain way. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not rocket science. I mean, we all know that what we focus on um, grows, what we focus on expands. So if we focus on a negative or we view people negatively, then that actually we expand and grow that. But if we view people as uh, purposeful, productive, valuable. Then we actually are able to expand on that and grow that. And um, so it's a really simple thing, you know, where what you focus on, um, you're actually, you know, you you give life to that, um, in essence, really. And that is very much connected to, um, you know, the appreciative inquiry principles, mm, um, in yes. terms of the, the 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 story we tell, the perceptions we hold. And the language we use. So I think an important thing for us in this space is, and it's something that you'll read in, you know, um, psychology books and not just community development books, but uh, this idea of um, creating um, uh, what's what's the word, the, the the narrative that we create and the words that we choose. That's that's something that really comes down to us. So it, so this idea of choosing your words wisely. Um, and there's a there's a term coined in the appreciative inquiry space where they say words create worlds, um, mm. and it's such a you know really really um, powerful statement and a very true true statement because I do believe that the words we use and the language we use shapes a lot of the work we actually produce.
0: Yes, that's powerful. I think uh, we're talking about narrative therapy. We're talking about seeing the glass half full. Um, and I'm, I like what you mentioned before, Zizi, that um, services and programs addressing like immediate needs is also important in community development. Yeah. But there is yeah. a gap. So I wanted to ask you, because I know that you have a lot of experience you know, in the sector, especially in the multicultural sector. And I know that you, you went through the whole, like you didn't arrive from the moon, you know? You went through the whole yeah. sector... And you saw a gap and you found your passion. So can you talk to us a bit about this background? Like, can you maybe identify a few significant moments that shifted your mindset or made you realize mm. that's what I want to do and that's why I will I will found Community Minds?
1: Yeah, that's that's a really great question. And it's a big question.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it yeah might need, it might... people would get to know you
1: better. <laughs> it might need a one-hour podcast. Um <laughs> But look, just I think yeah. Look, in a nutshell, I think I think a lot of um, what we do in our lives comes from a number of things, or we're influenced by a number of things. For me, one of them was it definitely goes back to my childhood because I think um, growing up as a you know as a, um, a, 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 a what's the word um, you know I I've come from a family of migrant parents um, my parents were um, you know obviously not in Australia for very long and I had a very unusual name. So my name, you know, at school was Zahia, which is my official name. And um, that's my kind of, my my, my birth name, my real name. And I really struggled at school, Dimi, in terms of being accepted and feeling like I belong, I I actually belong. Um, And I really, throughout my primary school, uh, felt a massive disconnection and felt that there was something wrong with me. Um, because I didn't look like most of the people in my class. I didn't eat like most of the people in my class. And from a very young age, I really felt this this need to want to be accepted and connected. And I think that that's an innate desire in every human being to actually feel this. And um, it kind of broke my heart that, you know, I wasn't accepted in a, in a way. Um, that shifted a bit, I guess, in high school. But um, in that um in that time in growing up in my in my home and, and and what have you, I also came into contact with um you know I guess a lot of um, uh, human rights and social justice issues because my dad is of Palestinian um, okay. heritage. so I guess I got I got really kind of connected to this idea of oh okay, so there's other human beings in this world that are not treated very well, so there was a strong sense of injustice that I felt um, as a child and as a teenager, and just growing up as you know a woman of color, um, you know, coming from a, a, a religion that wasn't mainstream, um, looking a bit different. I really started to feel like, just at a very young age, that I need to be doing something that doesn't, you know, that prevents people from feeling like this <laughs> and yeah. I think um, my, my my sense of because I think community or the sense of community and connection and feeling like you're connected to other people despite your despite differences for me is a really important um, really important thing in our lives and it was almost like my life calling to actually do something that made people feel like that they were valuable human beings and that they were part of something bigger than themselves, um, you know, be it community or, or whatever you want to call it. But for me, this sense of accepting, connecting, sharing and nurturing um, with people, among people, was really important. And so I guess so what, that's, yeah.
0: Amazing. Uh, what a journey like? You know, for, f- from a little child trying to find yourself and your identity, to being yeah. a director of a you know of a community-minded organization of an NGO, how did that happen, Zizi? I mean, how did you make the transition from working in the sector, you know, and and um, and going through that journey to starting something so innovative and so needed in our community, right? Sure. I think
1: it's 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 a it's a journey. It's never a uh it's not definitive, I'd like to kind of say it was a very definitive moment where I was just like, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll set up community minds. I think it's, um, our life is a bit bit like a a work of tapestry in a way. Mm -hmm. So I think everything that I had um, kind of stitched up in this tapestry project called life um, kind of created what we see today as community minds. So for me, it wasn't, there was a bit of an aha moment. So about probably six years ago, Dimi, I yep. was, you know, literally I told this story. I've told this story a thousand times. People are getting really <laughs> bored from it. But Lisa, I was literally a on a, Yeah, I was on a beach in Hawaii, and um, this turtle was looking at me, and the turtle was looking at me, and it almost spoke to me. And 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 without sounding too weird, but it was kind of just that moment where I realised it's been great working for all these charities and all these community organisations. But I think it's time now that I actually started to create something that was where my passion lies. And where my passion lies was in actually creating an organization that would challenge the status quo and really look at how do we um, cultivate and how do we bring about more citizen driven efforts in our community. Because I felt that that was a massive, for me, a missing piece in my community development work, Um, I had a great experience working for local councils, charities and, you know, big, big NGOs. But um, even within those contexts, um, Dimi, I sometimes felt I was a bit like the, you know, the brown poster child. So I needed to also move away from that and create an organisation that not only I felt like there was a place for me in it, but I was able to do what I was really passionate about. So I guess it just really came about from a lot of experience and seeing it was just for me a very natural evolution to yeah. get to
0: this. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And thank you for, for doing that, for, for coming up with community minds. And I can confirm that you do challenge the status quo. I remember in the last training you joined that we did yeah. the lens of strength <laughs> in the city. You talked about language, you got everyone up, you did the flip the script exercise, everyone got excited. Yeah. I really, yeah. you're really working the talk, so thank you for that. So I will just uh, jump into COVID nineteen just like that sure. now, and yeah, <laughs> and change gears and ask you, <laughs> <laughs> how are you adapting? How is community minds adapting to COVID nineteen? If you want to touch on that, and the follow up question is, how do you imagine or dream the world after COVID nineteen? Because everyone is talking about a new reality. No one wants to go back to the old exactly. status quo.
1: No no great great question by the way um so just to just to answer that so with with covid look i don't think anyone was really prepared for it yeah. um so i think that's something that we can all kind of relate to and and agree on that it wasn't really something that we were expecting so there was a probably about a good month dimmy of kind of terms with what that was and how it was going to impact our work. Um, what we actually did was we didn't actually stay in that space for very long. So that st- that state of uncertainty and kind of almost being paralysed, in, you know, like, oh, we can't do much or, we, we you know, a lot of our work kind of almost came to a halt. So we didn't stay in that space for too long. What we actually did is we shifted gears, Dimi, yep. um, and just put our heads down and thought, okay, so... We we were affected, but what do we have now? So thinking very asset based, what do we have now? What are the resources we have now that we can build on and adapt to this 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 pandemic? So we've had what to kind of readjust. Yeah. So for example, we uh, just one example I'll give you, yep. and that is um, so we were running these cross cultural family feasting events at venues in in Canterbury-Bankstown. And what we've done now is we've recreated um, the way it's actually delivered and we're pretty much um, implementing a new way, which is called Family Feastings at Home. So we got really creative in looking at how do we actually package this experience and allow families to still enjoy um, the family feasting experience. So we're actually, look, we've redesigned that and post-COVID we have the option of running. I mean, we're looking at this in a very positive way. We look at it as post-COVID we'll have our regular events and the option of having family feastings at home also. So we look at this as COVID has been a great opportunity to expand and build on uh, what we've been doing traditionally. As an organisation, and I think that um, you know it's obviously going to come down to resources and funding, but okay. we're doing what we can with what we have. Which so is that's the
0: of
1: how we right. Well, well, a hundred percent. Because we can sit here and cry over the fifty percent loss of income or funding, mm-hmm. or we can be like, okay, so we've only got fifty percent funding. Um, what, what are resources, people and things we can draw on um, that allow the momentum, um, that allow the momentum, basically. So my, you know, for people listening to this podcast, my, my little bit of advice would be that even if you're just doing it a little bit to keep the momentum um, and to let people know, um, your, your people that you're working with or people that are supporting you, that you're still staying the course and yes. that you're still you're still there you're still alive and you're still kicking and it might not be at full speed it doesn't matter but at least there's some momentum there
0: Yeah and it's all about as you said perception how do you make sense of the world how do you do make the most of what you have yes. so can you take me in a quick yes. journey of a family feasting, how will it work in a, in a blended way, using technology or uh, – can you take me on a quick journey? Yeah, of yeah sure, will... sure.
1: Yeah, so for example, like our next family feasting is going to be – so we cover different cultures, Dimi, and sure. um, the purpose of that, of course, is that families experience a culture different to their own. Um, so what we're putting together is a box of food, recipe cards, um, you know, cultural trivia – um, wow. cultural fun facts. Um, we'll have a link to YouTube music videos so families can listen to music from that culture while enjoying a beautiful cultural meal as a family. Uh, and we're hoping, Dimi, you'll be one of our – we're going to test this on you. So we're going to send you oh, a box.
0: please. <laughs> send yeah. me the box.
1: Um, and then hopefully we're going to be having a link to a video of about a 10-minute food demonstration of one of the recipes that are actually in that box.
0: Wow, that totally fills my heart and my mouth.
1: <laughs> cool. Awesome. Sounds amazing. That's, and um, I think it's a, so, great, example. So, yeah. 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 a great example. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Great example of we, how you, you know, how you flip the script again.
1: Well, we had to. So we because you know, we we had staff say, Oh, well, that's it for us. Family feastings, you know, they're events based. We're done. And I said, Well, mm-hmm. do we have to be done? Can't we just Think about, let's think about what the aim is of family feastings and is there a way we can still fulfil that while people are in their homes? And we were able to do that. We just got really creative.
0: Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Uh, last, uh, I have a last two-fold question. So yes. the first bit is um, share a message with the world from community minds or yourself. And the second bit is I know that uh Many, many people, like, I'm quite active, you know, in community development yeah, in Sydney. Right. Many people many people want to know more about you. Uh, many people want to uh, know more about community minds. So how do people get in touch with you? I know that you don't have all the time of the world to be that's everywhere.
1: Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And,
0: but I know that a lot of people want to connect with you. Uh, they admire your work. And I know that you offer training once in a while. But, yeah, what are yes. the ways for people to connect with your organisations who want to collaborate or contract you as a consultant? And sure. uh, what is your message to the world? Okay, so I might
1: start I might start with um, so ways people can connect to work with us. So obviously we're, there's various ways um, sure. that people can actually uh, work with or engage community minds. Um, I'm assuming, Dimi, that people would have a de- access to details of mine, is that? Is that yes, something we're we able to share? Yeah, sure.
0: description. Yeah, but it's good yeah, to hear so from I, you look,
1: Yeah, but I definitely encourage people. Um, you know, I'm happy for people to call me, um, email me and to start a conversation on you know, how they'd like to connect or work with community minds. Um, we There's various ways, like I said, you know, people might want to volunteer, uh, people might want to contract um, community minds to actually do some work with them. Uh, we do offer, you know, support and consultancy, but we're also looking for really community-minded volunteers um, that want to kind of come on board and be part of this this movement, so to speak. So we're not just an organisation, we're actually part of a broader movement so we really encourage people to join us there Um, I guess um, the message to the world from us um, Uh is well I I guess I haven't really thought about this one but I think what (laughs) we'd love one 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 key thing I'd love to say is um, you know, and based on just what we've what I've just said now is if you're interested in you know creating a more community minded world, um, we would love for you to join forces with us. We can't do this alone. This needs to be a movement of solidarity. And so I highly encourage people to connect with us. Um, and we don't have all the answers and we, when, you know we don't have all the resources, but we'd love for people to actually connect with us and, and work with us.
0: Yeah, you have a lot of heart.
1: Yeah, and a lot of heart. <laughs>
0: yeah, and experience. thank you so much, Zizi. I really Thanks, appreciate Jimmy. you taking the time to do that. I'm sure the that uh, the, yeah, the listeners will love listening to the podcast, and I hope they do contact you for more I collaboration. So.
1: Thank, you so much, you thank you so much, Jimmy.
0: Thank you so much. Have very a great grateful.
1: day. Thank you so much. Have a good thank one. Thank you. Thanks. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.
0: I hope you enjoyed today's podcast with Zizi Charida community is changing the world and we really believe that we really believe in the strength resilience creativity power of community Um, we are part of community you are part of community we are in this together Um, this is the calling also from our guest speaker today Zizi to uh, get in touch if you are passionate also about community and you want to change the narrative about what we can do together. Um, soul Jen and myself, Dimitrios, um, we are committed in youth and community-led practices, in providing trainings for the sector when it comes to asset-based community development, community arts, and other participatory approaches. Um, We have a lot of experience working with a lot of organizations, with a lot of councils, with a lot of youth groups and community members directly. And uh, we're excited to be part of uh, any initiative that uh, is making the difference when it comes to social change and impact through youth and community-led action. I believe that this is just the beginning. Um, COVID-19 came with a lot of challenges, but also with a bit of a blessing uh, to slow down, to reflect on what's happening, to realize the power of community and mutual aid groups and all the um, community-led change that's happening right now. It seems that the government is becoming more open and supporting those initiatives. There are more grants around that. I'm talking to a lot of community enthusiasts and social impact uh, practitioners myself quite a lot, and we are all sensing that there is a, a gradual shift um, and more opening for this type of um, democratic approaches. I know that Cormac Russell just released his new book, Reinventing um, Democracy. Um, Jeder Institute, Dean and Michelle are holding twice a week weekly gatherings with ABC practitioners around the world. I'm doing those podcasts, I'm trying to, to talking to a lot of community organizations and a lot of youth groups, and we are all coming together um, to advocate systemically and to continue also doing the work, doing the work in our communities um, as and also as human beings, as family members, as neighbors. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. It was uh, amazing to hear from Zizi. She has a a huge depth of knowledge and wisdom when it comes to commun- community minded world. Um, and I hope that you stay positive, you stay productive, you keep self caring, and also we keep community caring. And um, as I said, we are all in this together. Uh, and um, stay tuned for the next episode. This is Dimitris Papalexis, founder of SoulGen, and I was your host for today in this amazing interview with Zizi Charida. Take care and see you all soon.